Welcome to 5050 Films' first 50 interview. These two bonus episodes are interviews with myself and Peter about the first 50 movies we watched in 2022, starting with Spider-Man No Way Home and ending with Kiki's Delivery Service. We'll talk about what movies are sticking out to us at the halfway point, our current favorites and least favorites, and the movies we are hoping to get to by the end of the year. Enjoy! All right, so let's get started by asking, well, I guess this episode will be Autumn's interview. Um, so I'm going to ask you the 10 questions that you wrote out and uh, see what your answers are. So for the first one, for our movie check-in, mid-year movie check-in, what was your favorite movie of the year so far? Okay, so this was a really tough one for me. I have one, two, three, four, five outstandings. Um, out of all the movies that we watched this year, I think my favorite one is Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay. The uh, Jonathan Larson biographical musical starring Andrew Garfield uh, with Lin-Manuel Miranda as the director. That one is the one that has stuck with me the most as I'm looking at this list of the ones that I rated outstanding i have been listening to the songs i think about the movie a lot i picked to watch rent later in the year because i like tick tick boom so much um but i do have to give honorable mentions in these interview episodes we're allowing ourselves up to two honorable mentions for each question um honorable mentions for my favorite of the year go to encanto which was like neck and neck with tick tick boom i almost started to wonder if I was only judging this based on music or not because those two were like right up at the top um because that's if I get really into a musical I'm like listening to music all the time so it's more likely to stick with me but um yes honorable mentions to Encanto and of course to Spider-Man No Way Home which was just the top tier movie yeah okay so, uh, number two would be, what is your least favorite so far? Don't look up. Easily. Yeah. So easily. I think it's the worst movie we have watched in the past two years that we've been doing this project. It mm-hmm. is just, it was a waste of talent. It was a horrible plot line. And I get that they were trying to get the timing right to make it. I just feel like it was horrible timing because it was so relevant, if that makes sense. I was like, I don't want to watch something like this after having just been through a horrible crisis where our leaders were (laughs) were scrambling. I don't necessarily want to be watching this on screen. Um, This is the movie we watched for the first half of the year that I think about and I just get really mad. It's It's the only one that makes me feel that way. So it is easily my least favorite that we've seen. Okay. Um, so for the third question, a movie you, what is a movie you rated entertaining or below that sticks out to you now more as time goes on? This is a movie I'm kind of kicking myself for because in the podcast episode where we watched it, I specifically said, I don't think I'm going to think about this very much after it. And that is to, to bring more Andrew Garfield into this. I've already mentioned him with Tick, Tick, Boom and Spider-Man. And now the eyes of Tammy Faye which is a movie that I've rated entertaining, 
but has really, really stuck out to me. I just, I think about it all the time. I think all of the performances in that movie were so well done. It basically put me into this phase of, like, learning all about different, <laughs> different like, crazy religions and cults and things um, because I was so hooked on it. I, I rated it entertaining originally, but this is a movie that is memorable to me has been proven to be memorable to me which our rating of memorable is is kind of a stressful com concept because how can you rate something memorable yeah if you haven't had time to see if it is or not yeah so this definitely is one that i would be changing that rating on i thought the eyes of tammy faye was a, a really really good movie and it stuck with me cool all right, so your top th what are your top three favorite performances by an actor or actress okay. that you've seen so far? So to stay on the main theme, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye in the eyes of Tammy Faye was incredible. She won an Oscar for it, mm -hmm. which is the whole reason. We did do that Oscar project earlier in the year, but we actually watched this movie afterwards because she won that award, mm -hmm. and we were curious. Uh, so well-deserved. Her performance is incredible. They are able to, the makeup team and her working together are able to make her go from this like 18, 19, 20 year old kid to like a 50 year old woman so incredibly convincingly. It was absolutely amazing. Another one of my favorite performances is Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson in Tick, Tick, Boom. I have since watching that movie watched just like a lot of interviews and little clips of John Larson himself and I just felt so much for that character and so much of that was in Andrew Garfield's portrayal of him. My third favorite performance is another Oscar winner, Troy Kotzer, as Frank Rossi in CODA. By the time we got around to the actual Oscars after having watched all of these movies in preparation, the only thing I cared about was that Troy Kotzer won Best Supporting Actor mm -hmm. for his role in CODA. He, the emotional impact that he is able to display, and this man speaks through sign language. Mm -hmm. So it's all just in his face and his body language. It's incredibly powerful. If I had to rank these, I think he would be my number one. It was just an incredible, incredible performance. And I do have an honorable mention for this one, and it's for a movie we watched pretty recently. Um, I have to give an honorable honorable mention to Jamie Foxx as Django in Django Unchained. That really... Oh, yeah. He's great. It, it was a stellar performance that has already just really stuck with me. The, the best performances for me are when you just feel so emotionally invested and connected to a character. And I felt like Jamie... Jamie Foxx did that incredibly with Django. Yeah. All right. So, number five, what is a movie you've already kind of forgotten about? For me, that would be Skyfall, which okay. is a James Bond movie that we watched this year. The first James Bond movie that I had ever seen. If <laughs> I think, and because I have it on our list as just Skyfall and not as, like, even James Bond in parentheses or something. Every time I even see the name, I have to think, like, hang on a second, what was that? Did we watch a disaster movie? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of that one. Isn't there one out now that's, like, Moon? Moonfall. Yeah. It's called Moonfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes me think mm -hmm. of. Um, this, 
I just wasn't crazy about this movie. It's just very much not my cup of tea, so it's unsurprising. But, I, yeah, whenever I see the title of it, I totally forget that we even watched that. Hmm. All right. What was a movie you didn't expect to like, but you really did? I originally had Dune down for this. So Dune, okay. Dune is going to be an honorable mention. I... I don't like sci-fi, like, just as a whole. It's never been my thing. But I loved the Dune movie. I loved Zendaya's little cameos in there. Um, I thought Tim Timothy Chalamet was excellent. All Oscar Isaac was incredible. Jason Moe is great. There's so many just great performances in that. But what I was really captivated by was the whole world. And because they, it's more political they don't spend a lot of time like in ships in space they're just like going to these other planets it was very accessible for me as someone who doesn't really like sci-fi and that is a book dune that i never ever thought i would read and we left the movie theater and i was like i i have to read that and i have not read it yet but peter has bought me the book so i can read it whenever i want to so i'm excited to get to that eventually that's just an honorable mention I had to switch it up because recently we watched Django Unchained, which I have already mentioned. I was telling Peter when we watched it, I saw the trailer for this when I was in high school, middle school, and remember being like, oh, that looks really cool. But ever since last year when we watched Inglorious Bastards, I was like, I don't think I will ever enjoy anything by Quentin Tarantino because I just cannot handle the gore and the violence. Um, but I was enraptured with Django Unchained. I could not take my eyes off the screen, except for those couple minutes where I had to close my eyes because of the gore and the violence. But the, the plot was just so captivating. And Django is just such a an interesting, likable character that I, I ended up liking this movie a whole lot more than I expected to. And we talked about this in our Django episode, but... As far as like the gore and the violence goes, it was not nearly as bad as *Inglorious Bastards*, so that helped too. All right. What is a quote slash scene from one of these movies that sticks out to you? So this is from another movie that I think might actually be more memorable for me, but I rated it entertaining, and that is *Being the Ricardos* with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, and the scene that sticks out to me the most is a scene we talked about in our podcast episode about it, I guarantee. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it the one where he tells her that she checked the wrong box? Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. It is so incredibly powerful. It's a scene where Lucy and Desi are back in an office room, and she is upset because she is saying that she checked the Communist Party on purpose. Her grandfather was a communist. And Desi tells her she checked the wrong box. And that really infuriates her because she does not want to be put down like as a woman. She's like, no, I meant to check that box. And Desi says, regardless of what you meant to check, you checked the wrong box. You made the wrong choice, whether you did it willingly or not. And that scene is incredibly powerful. Yeah, he really gets into her. He, it, it, and his like his whole reasoning isn't just that like she picked the wrong one. It's just it's that 
his experience with communism is so much more like she had a really nice old grandpa who cared about uh-huh. the working man so she picked communism for him whereas he had whereas it he, in his face his his family his his father was jailed just for being the previous mayor of this place little town in Cuba right so mm-hmm. like he's like this was the wrong box uh, yeah all right uh, eight a movie that made you cry I bawled the entire way through Coda. So that immediately came to mind. I'm sure I cried at plenty of other things. Oh, you did. <laughs> Can you think Lots of, of movies times. that made me cry? Um, I bet I teared up during Encanto. I probably cried during Tick, Tick, Boom. I think you teared up a little bit during senior year last week. Okay, maybe I'm just emotional. <laughs> I think with the, with the dad stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, and the mom dress. Yeah. Yeah, you too. I'm a movie I'm a movie <laughs> crier. I I can read like the saddest book ever. And because it's not like right in front of my face, it just like does not affect me in the same way. But like the tiniest little scene in a movie I'm not even liking can absolutely destroy me. Um, but Coda, just all the family elements were so well done and just especially another scene that sticks out to me is the scene of her and her dad on the back of the truck and he wants to feel her throat while she sings because he can't hear her. I just like completely lost it. And Peter like teared up, but I like freaking lost it. Um, so I probably cried for like, well, let's see, there's 50 movies. I probably cried for like 40 of these, but Coda, I cried the hardest. Yeah. I don't think you cried during, um, you know, total recall. No, I didn't. (laughs) No. That would have been crying from fear or something. Yeah. Different kind of crying. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even a scary movie, but... Yeah. Crying because everyone's getting shot perfectly in the center of the forehead. Um, <laughs> That's crying from frustration. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, number... We have le- two left. Uh, the penultimate question is... Best movie theater experience so far. So which movie... Out of the few that we saw in the theater, did you think was the most enjoyable? Okay, so I have two. I use both my honorable mentions for this one. Okay. And for me, I'm interested to see how you answer this question. We're filming, or filming. We're recording my interview first. Oh, no, we're filming. You'll just never see the visual recording. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, I'm interested to see how you thought of this question, because I feel like you can take it a couple of different ways. Um, But I definitely just thought of, like, very much... Less of the movie and more of, like, the day and how it went. So, my honorable mentions, of course the movie is a factor, are Uncharted, which we went and saw with your friends. And it was just really fun to get to have that movie theater experience with a bunch of friends again, especially for, like, an action-packed movie like Uncharted. So I really enjoyed that experience. That was something that, you know, we used to do that all the time before the pandemic. And so it was nice to kind of get back to that and be able to do that and, like, feel safe doing that. My second honorable mention is Multiverse of Madness for a similar reason. We got to see that one with your mom. Yeah. And we live far away from family now, so it was really fun to be able to go and watch a movie with your mom, which is something, you know, we could do before without a second thought. But now it's really special. So that was fun. And then, you know, we got to, of course, because it's we're so deep in, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was so much to talk about, which always makes it fun. 
But I think my favorite movie theater experience this year was when we went to see Drive My Car. So that's my answer for this one. We pre-ordered the tickets so far in advance. So there was the element of anticipation, just being really excited to be able to go. It was at a movie theater a little bit farther away than the one we usually go to, so it was like a special trip to go out there. It was during our Oscars project, because this was up for Best Picture. It was the last one. Yeah, and it was the one that we were the most excited about before we even started the project. So it was already, not only were we you know, waiting for the actual day to get there and driving to that theater, because we did go to that theater to watch Licorice Pizza for the same project, but it was for the movie we were the most excited about. And then being there, because it's a, a foreign film, there were not that many people there at all. And so you know that the people are there, and just based on the way they reacted and stuff, are just, like, real movie lovers. And it was just, like, such a fun environment to be in. Yeah, and some of them are Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they, you know, it's the only, only chance I'd get to go see that one. Yeah. Best Picture nominee. So when I think about Best Movie Theater Experience so far that one is the one that made me feel like the most excited because there was that element of anticipation and then that feeling of just like being in this club of of people who want to watch all the Oscars best pictures and stuff. That's good. So the last question isn't really a, you know, survey question about the first 50 books. It's more of a... The movies? Yeah, first 50 movies. It's like, a, what do you want to fit in by the end of 2022? The last 50. The back, the back nine, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> so I broke this up into two parts. And the first part is 2022 releases. So some of them, like, literally have not come out yet. And some of them are 2022 releases that have come out, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. I want to see Lightyear. We've both been really excited about that one. We're actually hoping to see it pretty soon. Um, of course, want to see Thor Love and Thunder and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I want to watch The Secrets of Dumbledore, but I'm scared. Because I did not really like the second Fantastic Beast. It would be fun to have a movie that's lower on our list than Don't Look Up, though. I don't know if it could possibly. I don't even think it's possible. <laughs> but... There's one redeeming character in that entire series, and it's, you know, Joe Normal Guy. Oh, I... Th- and they're going to give him a Jacob? wand. They I give him a wand. Yeah, it's Jacob. They give him a wand in the third one. So it's oh, like, ugh, what the what the hell's the point of having the token muggle if you're going to give him a magic producing Yeah, device? I just feel like as, as a Harry Potter fan, I have to have to see it. I guess. Um, but of course, then there's always the moral dilemma of J.K. Rowling being a a mean person and not what but and yeah and all of these previous all these movies after the original seven being a cash grab yeah feeling like a cash grab but it's just one of those i feel like i have to see it i don't know if that's like a relatable concept or not but i feel like i need to have an opinion on it i really liked the first fantastic beast i really didn't like the second one i felt like it messed with stuff it didn't need to and it Mm. just was not as good and it basically just dashed all my hopes that the rest of the movies were going to be like the first one, I guess. Um, but I do want to watch The Secrets of Dumbledore. I want to watch that movie that Harry Styles is going to be in. Don't worry, darling. That one has not come out yet. I thought it was just going to be some sort of romance movie, but then we saw that the trailer in the theater, and it actually looks so good. Like, kind of dystopian, like, 
some kind of mystery. Like, you don't quite know what's going on. So I'm excited to watch that. You saw a trailer for a Harry Styles movie in the theater? Yes, before Multiverse of Madness. I don't remember that at all. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to watch Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Oh, was it? Yes, yeah. it's at the very end of the year that one comes out. And we still need to watch Death on the Nile, which we've been talking about mm-hmm. watching since Valentine's Day. <laughs> we have not watched. Yeah. And then as far as more like backlist movies, I want to watch Dear Evan Hansen. That's one. My friend Gina and I are watching a bunch of musicals together, but this is one, a newer one that I particularly want to watch with you for our project. And I have been really into, if you can tell from the mentions of like being the Ricardos and the eyes of Tammy Faye and stuff, have been into a little bit more of like biographical kind of stories. And there's a movie based on a book by an author that I really like, Philippa Gregory. The movie is The Other Boleyn Girl, which is based in Tudor, England, which I love. So I do want to watch that. And then I do have one rom-com on my list that I want to try and get to by the end of the year, and that is Serendipity. I've been trying to watch all the uh, the classic rom-coms, and this one has been recommended to me uh, by your mom and also by a bunch of other people. So I want to make sure Remember that I picked that. Yet. What? Why haven't we seen See Any- Say Anything yet? Isn't that a classic rom-com? Because you didn't pick it. Isn't that the one where he holds up the boombox? I think so. Like, please. Peter, there's so plays. many movies and so little time. I know. It's a big problem. But, well, you'll be hearing my interview next week, but we're going to record it in about ten minutes. So, you all good? Anything else you want to say before we quit? All right, cool. Well, we'll see you for this special interview segment next week.